at work in our lives. Amen. amen. If God can work in, in my life, amen, if I can allow God to move in my life, uh, I will be the better for it. Amen. And, uh, and I know that God has great plans in store for us. I think it's in the book of Jeremiah. He said that, uh, talking to Jeremiah about I have plans for your life to give you hope and a future, to give you an expected end. Amen. And when God does look at our lives, it's not looking at us haphazardly, um, but God looks at our lives with great purpose and intention to bring about something in us that we did not realize we had in us. Amen. Because God is uh, like that, uh, almost like that uh, antique shopper. They kind of go through the antique stores and they look and they look for that dusty item in the corner that seems to have no value, seems to be kicked to the side. Amen. And God sees, um, it's like through the eyes of the antique dealer, they see something there that they can shine it, they can work on it, and they can make something valuable, something uh, that's useful again. And, and our lives are just that way many times. We, God first finds us, there's uh, not a lot of good in us. There's not a lot that we feel we have to offer God. Uh, we, sometimes we feel like, well, we're used up. There's no hope for our lives. Uh, we've got a record. We've got this and we've got bad credit and we've got a, a, a family that's messed up and, and a marriage that's on the rocks. And there's all these different factors that we look at our lives and say, well, God can't work through my life. But uh, if, we'll, we will, if we will allow God to have his way in our lives, even tonight, amen, amen this service can be the most impactful you've ever experienced in your life. Amen. amen. But it's how you see uh, this, how you see your situation. And when God's spirit begins to move in us, amen, he brings order to chaotic situations. He brings perfection, amen, to things that are messed up, to things that are destroyed. He brings regeneration to those things which are dead and have no life. And um, there's so much that God has done in our lives and that God wants to continue to do. Um, And I'm just hopeful. I'm expecting I'm. Uh, looking at my future and our church's future, your future with eyes of faith. Amen. That I, I know that there's great things that God has in store for this church. Right. Amen. When uh, the Lord spoke to the prophet Ezekiel and said, uh, Son of man, can these bones live? As he looked at a valley full of dry bones. Uh, Ezekiel no doubt looked at it and said, God, it's a hopeless situation. Yeah. Only you know if it can work out, if there can be life there. But when God's word begins to work in your life, such as it did in Ezekiel's boneyard. The word of God began to be preached, began to be spoken over dead situations. And the Lord told the prophet Ezekiel to prophesy to these bones, begin to speak that word of God over this dead situation. And when the word of God began to work in Ezekiel's boneyard, amen, things began to come together. And then after things began to come together, he began to tell uh, the prophet Ezekiel, prophesy one more time and command the winds to blow upon this boneyard that the breath of heaven, the breath of life could be breathed in this situation. And, and after God began to, bring, to, began to bring things together, amen, God began to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Suddenly the Spirit of God began to move one more time and He began to bring life to a dead and hopeless situation. And there's nothing like The Word of God. Amen. It is a creative Word. Amen. It is able to bring uh, something from nothing. Something from nothing. That's That's what the Word of God can do. 
And I want to just direct, direct your attention briefly to the book of St. John chapter number 6. St. John chapter number 6 and verse number 1. And we'll, we'll just go right to the word of the Lord. We're thankful for all that God did on Sunday. I'm excited about what God did on Sunday. Amen. Nothing like, nothing like it. Amen. St. John chapter 6, verse number 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples, and the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him. Jesus was proving Philip, the disciple, to see if he had the faith to believe that God could do what needed to be done in this situation. Verse number 7, Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. Even with all the money that we have, it's not enough. And oftentimes God comes to our lives and expects things from our life and we think, I don't have enough. I don't have what it takes. But God will challenge us. Verse number 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? What are they among so many? What is it you have in your possession tonight that God is requiring of you, that God is asking of you? Amen. You may look at your situation and say, It's not enough. I don't have what it takes. I don't have sufficient resources to accomplish the mission to fulfill the journey. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes as much as they would. And the Bible says in verse number 12, this is talking about five loaves and two fishes. When they were filled, he saith unto, this, unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above. Unto them that had eaten. Amen. Over and above. Amen. What they originally had. And I want to just talk for a few moments tonight. On little is much. Little is much. Lord we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you Lord that. If we will allow your word to work in our lives. Even tonight God. There will be things come out of us. We did not realize God, if we will simply, God, and truly and sincerely put our faith in you, Lord, and realize that if we can put what we have into your hands tonight, you have the ability, God, to multiply it many times over to sustain 
us through, Lord, whatever trials we face. We pray in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. God bless you. Little is much. Amen. Uh, it was a few years ago as we uh, sat in a church service on Sunday morning in First Church. And uh, I actually happened to enjoy the old time music, the old time singing. I'm probably uh, beginning to out, be outdated now, the younger generation that wants a different type of music. But it was on a Sunday morning that the Conqueror's Quartet came through. Four men, four godly men, four uh, elders. Um, the Conqueror's Quartet came through San Jose a few years ago and they began to sing. And, and I was there sitting with my Sunday school class. I was over the, the teen boys and the teen boys class. It's hard to keep their attention, especially when there's four elderly, elderly gentlemen singing old time Pentecostal songs. Like, oh man, this is, we want the beat, we want the bass, we want this and that. But I, you know, to me, that it ministered to me. And there is a anointing that is upon, amen, uh, the Conqueror's Quartet. And I enjoyed, you know, reminiscing about, you know, the memories that I had as a child growing up in church and hearing the old gospel songs. And I still love to hear them. Uh, they have a lot of meaning, a lot of depth. Um, but then as the uh, service progressed and the Conqueror's Quartet continued singing, and they got to this old song, and I think it's by the, by the Bill Gaither trio or band, uh, Little is Much When God is in It. And I began to, uh, and I hadn't heard that song before, so I had to go look it up and seek out the words to that song. And um, the song lyrics are as such, In the harvest field now ripen, there's a work for all to do. Hark, the voice of God is calling to the harvest calling you. And it says, little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There is a crown and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. It continues on. Um, in the mad rush of the Broadway, in the hurry and the strife, tell of Jesus' love and mercy. Give to them the word of life. And it says the other a few more words. Does the place you're called to labor seem so small and little known? It is great if God is in it. And he will not forget his own. And those words, uh, amen, begin to speak to my life on that Sunday morning. It would continue on with one final uh, part of uh, the verses. And it would say, are you laid aside from service, body worn from toil and care? You can still be in the battle in the sacred place of prayer. And when the conflict here is ended and our race on earth is run, he will say, if we are faithful, welcome home, my child. Well done. And I began to, uh, God began to speak to me uh, on that Sunday morning. Uh, and I began to feel in my life that call of God to come to Lathrop for the first time. Um, my you know, I had no, I felt that maybe perhaps down the road or one day God would call us to the city of Lathrop. Did not know when, did not know how or, uh, or how everything would work out. And as I looked on the platform, began to see a Bishop Wilson and uh, Brother 
Spell and uh, some of the other men on the Conqueror's Quartet singing that with all their heart. And no doubt, no doubt in my mind, those men, had, before they got to that pulpit, began to pray and see God and they live a life of consecration before the Lord. And, and God began to use them as I just sat there. And I stood to my feet and I felt like I was the only one. And I felt like God began to say about the city of Lathrop. Yeah, it's a small town. There's not a lot there right now. But if you will trust me, if you will listen, if you will follow my voice, that little can be much because I'll be in it. And I felt like God began to speak to my life on that Sunday morning about and feeling the call of God to come to this city. And it was that particular uh, song that began to be sung in my uh, before the church that I began to feel the call of God. And. And I just lost track of time as I had my hands uplifted and I just began to worship God and began to say, God, if this is what you want, God, I will leave everything right now, God, and I will do what you want. Because, God, you've blessed me while I'm here. And I was living there in Fremont and we, had a, uh, we, had, we were able to buy a townhouse. Thank the Lord, a mission impossible for a young couple on single income in the Bay Area. But God did it. God blessed us. We had, I had a good job. Uh, you know, I looked, I was always trying to do better in life and God blessed me with a six-figure income. And I was thinking, God, you're blessing me so much, but God, none of this matters, God, if you're not in it. And if God, you want me to go to this city of Latham, this small little town of 20,000 people, God, I will leave the big city. I'll leave, you know, working in the financial district in San Francisco, living the dream as it was for a young man. Uh, trying to make my way in life. And I said, God, I'll leave it all behind if you're in this, God. If little is much, God, and if what these people are singing about today, God holds any bearing, holds any weight, God, I will leave it all behind, God. And I will trust you with the little bit, Lord, that's there right now, God. And I know that you will make a way when there seems to be no way, God. God, you can speak, God, to dead situations. You can speak to hopeless situations. You can speak to situations, Lord, where everybody's giving up on it, God. But I know, God, that if you're in it, God, it will come to fruition, Lord. And there will be a great revival, Lord, that will spring out of a little town. And I begin to realize that, God, if you're in it, God, it doesn't matter if it's just five loaves and two fishes, God. God, if you're in it, God, it will feed the thousands. You can multiply, Lord, what little there is left to provide, God, to make a way out of no way. Amen. In this situation, amen, is not an unfamiliar story in the Word of God. There were many a times when God began to work in people's situations and God began to allow the prophet Elijah to to find, amen, that woman with uh, just her, her baby boy. Amen. And all they had was a little bit of meal in a barrel. And God, uh, amen, allowed the prophet to come into this, this woman's life and begin to say, what do you have in the barrel? All I've got is a little bit of oil in this cruise and a little bit of meal in this barrel. And God began to speak to the, through the prophet's lips. Why don't you make me a king first? Some of us would say, you're rude. How dare you come into my house and ask me for this little bit I've got? 
How dare you, preacher, come into my situation and ask me for this little bit that I have? How dare you? You have the audacity to come. You see that we're sitting bones. This is going to be our last meal. And then we're going to slay over and we're going to die. And you're asking me for the little bit that I've got left. But such is the ways of the Lord. Amen. God will find you when it seems like you've got nothing left. And God will say, give me that little bit left that you've got. And why don't you trust me? And why don't you watch me work wonders for your finances? Why don't you watch me work wonders for your family? Why don't you watch me work wonders for your health? Why don't you watch me work wonders for you? Amen. I'm preaching about a God that has a track record of multiplying the little bit that's left over. I'm preaching about a God that's got a track record of multiplying the little bit that you've got left. So you say, I've just got a little bit of meal in a barrel. I just got a little bit of oil in this cruise. I just got a little bit of strength left over. I just got a few dollars left in the bank. God, what have I got to lose? God, I will lay it all at your feet tonight. And it's when the church, it's when the people realize, God, it doesn't matter. Amen. What it looks like, it doesn't matter what people are saying. It doesn't matter what my surroundings look like, what my situation looks like. God, you, you see the end, and you know the end from the beginning. You're the author and the finisher. And you hold, Lord, you hold my life in the palm of your hands. And it's not over until God says it's over. I want somebody to know tonight, it's not over till God says it's over. You're not going to die until God says it's your time. It's not over till God says it's over. Hallelujah, it's not hopeless. Amen, There's, it's not a hopeless situation until God begins to step into it. Then God will turn it around for you. Let's lift our hands one more time. Come on all across this house. Let's lift up our hands. And let's worship Him. Oh God, I just got a little bit left in me tonight. I just got a little bit left in me tonight. Just a little bit of meal in the barrel tonight. Just a little bit of all of the cruise. But God, if you work in my behalf, all things are possible. All things are possible to them that believe. There are many times in your walk with God when God will speak to you and God will challenge you. Amen. Why don't you take a leap of faith? Why don't you step out in faith and see if you'll not land on His promises. See if you'll not land on the unchanged, the unmoving Word of God. Hallelujah. 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 
will see you through. He will make a way. I want to tell you tonight, does not matter what you're facing. Does not matter what your situation, amen, looks like. Does not matter how you feel in your body. Does not matter what you see tonight. Amen, because we walk by faith and not by sight. My God still has the power to heal every sickness. He's still got the power to heal every disease. He's still got the power to turn it around for you today. tonight I'm preaching about a God that has the power and the ability to multiply amen to work with what you've got left amen he's the God of what you've got left tonight he's the God of what you've got left tonight he's the God of the leftover the devil may have tried to beat you down all day and you may have come to church empty and drained with just a little bit of strength left. A little bit of glory. But God is saying, tonight lay it on the altar one more time. Lay it on the altar of sacrifice. And watch me work miracles for you. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, faith is simply coming back time and time again to the altar and saying, God, save my family. God, it's been 10, 15 years. It doesn't matter, God. I'm praying again, save my family. I'm walking by faith. God, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, they curse you. It doesn't seem like there's hope. It doesn't seem like there's a way. for this church. He will make a way. Amen. Sometimes it seems like such a risky endeavor living for God because God asks things of you you don't have the ability to do on your own. But God simply looks for obedience. He simply looks for people that will trust in Him and say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. God, you just said to do this. So here we go, God. And you leap and you take a step of faith. And then suddenly it seems like, God, I don't know what's happening. My world's turned upside down. But God just said, walk. Just walk in faith. Just walk in faith. Close your eyes to the natural realm. And put your eyes on me. Hallelujah. Sometimes it seems so foolish. Consider the Apostle Peter. Amen. As he talks to the Lord. God, if it's you, bid me step out of the boat. God, if that's you, why don't you ask me to step out? And the Lord says, it is I, Peter, come. And Peter begins to walk on the water. Amen. Does something that is impossible. Does something that's never been done before by mortal man. And Peter just simply begins to walk. But I want you to pay attention to what Peter does with his eyes. It's not looking on the winds. It's not looking on the seas. It's not looking on the elements in this world. But when Peter steps out, he's got that tunnel vision. God, I'm just looking at you. God, my eyes are fixed on you. I don't know what's happening right now. God, but I'm just going to trust you. That's right. And Peter begins to 
impossible. Peter begins to step out of the boat. That place of security. That comfort zone. Peter begins to step out. From where his friends are. Where his family is. That place of trust. That place of refuge. Peter begins to be vulnerable. Begins to be exposed. God, this is so dangerous. God, I know you told me to do this. God, it feels so dangerous. It feels so uncertain, God. But Jesus probably no doubt began to speak to Peter. Peter, just keep your eyes on me right now. Come on, Peter. Just keep your eyes on me, Peter. Don't look around. Don't worry about anybody else, Peter. Just keep your eyes right here, Peter. Just keep walking. Just keep looking at me, Peter. I'm your source of life. I'm your source of strength, Peter. Just keep your eyes on me. Amen. You just have to have a little bit of faith like Peter and say, God, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. going to step out of faith and watch God take care of me. But in that walk of faith, Peter began to worry. Peter began to put his eyes on the situation. Whoa. Whoa. God, that's a big way. Whoa, God, what's happening? God, I don't... What's, and suddenly Peter didn't even realize that he was walking to where Jesus was. Suddenly Peter found himself, uh, it seemed like all alone and abandoned. Amen. But he was not alone. God was still there with him. Amen. But Peter began to take his eyes off the Lord. Amen. And Peter began to sink. He began to drown. And then Peter realized, all I've got to do is once again put my eyes on him and reach out to him. And Peter began to say, Lord, save me for I perish. Lord, save me for I perish. How many times have we felt that way? God, you got to do something. But it's in the moment where we realize he's the only one that can get me through this. He's the only one that can take me through. He's the only one that can bring me out. He's the only one. He has it all figured out. He has it all figured out. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega. The Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. And the Omega is the last letter in the Greek alphabet. He's everything from A to Z. He can do anything. That's why the Old Testament said, I am. Just simply, I am that I am. I am whatever you need. I have the ability. I've got the power. All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Little is much. And when we, and I've told this before, when we determine we're going to leave Fremont, we're going to leave, we're going to sell our home, we're going to leave our familiar, our comfort zone. We're going to follow God. Put our house in the market. Many of you know the story. We got a buyer a month later. And then as the process of the transaction was going through, I lost my job. And I had been getting promotions every 10 to 14 months. Moving up. Man, I'm, I'm doing it. This is it. Putting my college degree to work on I'm going forward. 
No job. No house. Can't get an apartment because you got no credit now. Can't buy because you can't make a payment. What are you going to do? God, you told me to do what I'm doing right now. You're going to make a way, God. I don't know what's happening right now, God. It doesn't make any sense to me, God. I know you're going to see me through. And I know the day will come, God, when I look back on this time in my life and I'll say, God, you knew what you were doing. That's right. You knew exactly what you were doing. All I had to do was trust in you and keep my eyes on you. It turns out my job would give me several months severance. For three months severance. Making the same money as I was making before. <clears throat> we went to live with my mom and dad in the back room. Amen. We enjoyed ourselves. Uh, God did some great things. God allowed us to start pastoring <clears throat> full time without having to worry about income. God saw us through the housing five minutes from church. Full salary. A few months later, my job <clears throat> that had let me go hired me back closer to home. I thought, okay, God, this is starting to make sense. <clears throat> We're able to buy a home. Had yeah, many times I look around, I feel like, God, I don't deserve, I don't know what I did. I don't deserve this. I don't know how. I'm not rich. But God's a God of blessing. And we simply step out in faith. And God says, I will see you through. I will make a way. <clears throat> Many times during that several month period, we went to San Jose. And I remember as I was uh, working in the business office, with a part-time job, talking to Sister Sharon, a precious woman at the San Jose church. And I began to tell her, Sister Sharon, I don't know, what happened. Well, I don't know what's going on right now. I know God does. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I'm, I'm sort of confused. <clears throat> but I began to, I just kept trusting God. God, I'm going to get a hold of you more and more and more. And it was in those times that God began to see us through. God began to make a way. But we had to keep our eyes on him. And know that God, you can do anything. You can make a way out of no way. God has seen us through time and time again. He has seen us through time and time again. <clears throat> Even to buy the home in Fremont on my small single income. And to buy a home in the Bay Area. <clears throat> need about two incomes, both make $150,000 a year to buy something decent that's not a fixer-upper. And I wasn't making that. I wasn't making half that. But God gave us favor. And God made a way. And I know and it's in those times you can look back, those landmark moments. You can say, God, you did it for me way back then, God. Your word says you're still the same yesterday, today, and forever, God, and that you're no respecter of persons. You haven't changed. You don't view me differently than you view my brother. God, make a way for me. Do it again. And God just keeps on doing it again and again. But it's to those that walk in faith. It's to those that simply say, God, you will see me through. Yes. It's your nature, God. Right. You are a God that can. You're a God that will not forsake you. 
He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But I will be with you even to the end of the world. He's a God that will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. When I walk through the, the valley of the shadow of death, He's there with me. The Lord is still my shepherd leading me and guiding me. Amen. But I've got to give the little bit that I've got. It just takes a little bit of faith and begin to put it in His hands and begin to trust Him. God, You will see me through. God, You've done it time and time again. And perhaps maybe you're a young person in this place tonight. And all you've got to, to live by is a testimony of mom and dad. But there will come a time in your life where you say, God, you did it for mom. You did it for dad. God, do it for me. And you will see God come through. He'll make a way. He'll come through time and time again. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't we lift our voices and worship the Lord for a few moments? Oh, my God. 
Matthew chapter 17, verse number 20 says, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say to this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Amen. For the next few moments, I want us, amen, to lift up our voices and to begin to pray over specific situations in our lives, in our families, amen, the requests and prayers of your soul and your heart to begin to bear your soul before the Lord. Begin to lift up your voice. Amen. If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, something so small, amen, you shall speak to the mountain and, and it shall be removed and nothing shall be impossible. God, in the name of Jesus right now, we pray in faith, Lord, for the things, Lord, that are most dear to this people. We pray, God, you would move in our financial situations. We pray, God, you would move in our physical bodies, Lord, our physical needs. We pray, God, for our housing situations. We pray, Lord, for salvation for our families. We pray right now, Lord, that you would move in every family, in every life, God. Lord, we rebuke fear. We rebuke doubt. And God, we step out in faith. We trust in you tonight, Lord. To move, Lord, the mountains of impossibility. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I pray, Lord, you would move, Lord, tonight. Right now, Lord. In the Hoyle family, in the Chapman family, in the Dooley family, in the Hall family, God, in the Camarina family, every family, Lord, touch the Navarres, touch the Sequentes, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, turn it around, Lord, turn it around. I pray, Lord, you would provide a place, Lord. I pray you would provide a place, Lord. Lord, for the families in our church, Lord. Provide, provide, Lord. Come through, Lord. Make a way, Lord. God, fill our children with the Holy Ghost. Save our lost loved ones. Save our families. God, for those that have stepped out in faith up to this point already, 
Hallelujah.